and welcome to the Richard Hunter interview. As ever, this is a place where I'll be discussing matters of interest with a whole range of investment experts. In this episode, I'm pleased to be joined by Richard Marwood, Senior Fund Manager of the Royal London UK Equity Income Fund. Richard joined Royal London Asset Management in 2016 as part of the income team and also manages the Royal London UK Dividend Growth Fund. He previously worked at AXA Investment Managers for 19 years, where he ran a wide range of UK equity and multi-asset class portfolios, most notably AXA's Distribution Fund franchise. Prior to working in the city, Richard had an engineering background, having served an apprenticeship with British Aerospace. He holds a mechanical engineering degree from Sheffield University and a PhD in aerodynamics from Oxford University. So in terms of the Royal London UK Equity Income Fund, if we could just uh, kick off, could you let us know what the strategy and objective for the fund is, please? Okay, well, the, the fund is a classic UK equity income fund. So we are just invested in UK equities. We are trying to produce a yield that is greater than that of the overall market. Um, and um, we don't employ any sort of unusual strategies of um, doing any derivative overlays or, or um, sort of call writing or anything like that. It is just purely a por portfolio of UK equities that generate a premium yield. Okay. And, and in terms of um, the uh, fund itself, what is the sort of sector allocation, the, the sort of places where you're looking for that higher income? Uh, well, we try and keep a broad spread across a number of sectors, really. We, we, we don't sort of tend to build the portfolio from a top-down view that we only want to be in this sector or that sector according to a macroeconomic view. We think it's very important that you keep the, thought, the fund broadly spread because there are a lot of interesting businesses in the UK market. And very importantly as well, it, you can actually get sort of steered down certain style routes according to how you run portfolios. Some some people are very much value investors, some people are growth investors, uh, some people are momentum investors, and I try and avoid any of those kinds of tilts. I try and have a broad spread of investments by sector, but also by style as well. So in, ter in terms of the present situation generally, I mean, obviously we, we had a, a period where um, many of the FTSE 100 companies, for example, were, were cutting um, or reducing their dividends entirely last year. Um, a lot of those have, have now came, come back with a, a kind of reset, sometimes at lower levels, particularly perhaps the, the, what had been the higher yielding sectors, such as the banks and the oils, for example. Um, in terms of sustainability and also um, where we now are following that reset, is it becoming more difficult or less difficult to, to find those um, UK equity income stocks? Um, no, I mean, the, the, there's, um, the, the general backdrop for uh, income is very much improving. As you say, 2020 was a very difficult year for dividend investors. Lots of companies cutting dividends, passing dividends, resetting dividends. But a lot of those companies that, that, that deferred or, or, or cut, they're coming back now to the, uh, the, the dividend payment list. There are a few which still aren't. Uh, so maybe some of the companies that were hardest hit by lockdown, some of the leisure companies, for example, they're still not back on the list. But there are plenty of companies that are, uh, uh, are paying again. And actually, we've seen some real bumper payouts from, from some businesses. And I'd, I'd flag things like the mining companies at the moment. We've just had huge special dividends from Rio Tinto and Anglo-American because they've been generating a massive amount of cash uh, in the uh, in, over the last year. So, um, no, no, things are, are definitely on an improving trend and there's still plenty of income out there if, if you're uh, prepared to look in the right places. 
And I guess another thing for you to, to bear in mind, as, as we've seen recently in the latest quarterly numbers from the banks, is the uh, propensity for companies to not only return money via dividends to shareholders, but also employ and share buyback schemes, which pr- presumably crimps some of your universe as well. Um, well, it's a bit, yeah, it is a bit bit problematic because if uh, companies are buying back shares, that doesn't actually generate income that we can then distribute to our unit holders. So that makes things a, a little bit more difficult. Um, you know, the, the banks is quite an interesting example that that, that you cite there. But um, I would just flag and, and sort of talking before what you were saying about sector allocations. When you look at our financials exposure, and financials is the largest single sector within the fund. Actually, we don't own any of the, the, the sort of traditional banks. We don't have any of the NatWest and the Lloyds and the HSBCs. But we do have a large position in the sector. And it's through a lot of the more specialised businesses that actually didn't actually have to cut their dividends last year. So just as an example, a, a Close Brothers, say, uh, or a Brewing Dolphin or an IG group, some, something like that. So it's, it's a slightly different kind of exposure to what, what you might expect from, uh, from financials. Sure. And, and just to put some, some colour on the fund, apart from the uh, the holdings you just mentioned, could you maybe talk us through one or two of your top holdings or positions at the moment? Yeah, yeah, sure. So, um, as I say, we like to keep the fund very diversified across a lot of different sectors, uh, and we want to be driven by stock picking. So that that is the, the, the route that we come to. We look for interesting businesses and then put together a diversified portfolio. But if we pull out sort of a couple of the, the, the biggest positions in the portfolio, let's start with um, IG Group, which I just, just uh, touched on there in the uh, in talking about the, 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 the financial sector. Um, IG Group, they are the business that does spread betting um, and they do sort of um, lots of, of, of different investment products for their clients. Now, what they've seen in the last year is they've seen a lot of people taking a great deal of interest in markets partly because they've been volatile, people sort of seeing opportunities from the issues that we've had. Um, so they've attracted a lot more clients, and the clients that they have attracted have traded a lot more. So IG have had a real purple patch of trading, um, and it's been a very, very uh, good contributor to, to, to the fund in, 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 the, in the last year. Um, another stock I would flag, um, I don't just own stocks that begin with I, but the next one's IMI. Um, it's a big engineering business, um, and... It's been an interesting business for a lot of years. It does some very interesting things in terms of fluid handling. So um, it does lots of um, valves that go into things like oil refineries and chemical plants, nuclear power stations, ships. Also then smaller things that might go into um, domestic heating systems, thermostats and things like that. And then lots of things that go into automation. So lots of little air valves and things that might go into into a factory. It's an interesting business. It's probably struggled a little bit for growth in recent years, but they've restructured a little bit and it's pushed their margins up and they are starting to see a little bit more growth now. And I think that's going to be an interesting business going forward because it it plays to a couple of big themes out there in the market, which are about energy transition and people trying to be more efficient about energy systems and also about automation. You know, we've seen a lot of companies trying to maybe reduce headcount in businesses and, and, and put in more automation and, and robots, for example. So, you know, I think thematically that's that's an interesting uh, business going going forward. I was just going to say, good, good to hear a, a UK company uh, being part of the uh, evolution as well. Uh, indeed, indeed. Um, 
Uh, and then I was going to just flag one more company that's very much a UK company, and it, it could be something that, uh, that that many of the people listening to this have have shopped at or have uh, got products from. And we have a large position in Dunelm, so um, it's been the the, the 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 company that does a lot of household furnishing, sort of cushions, ornaments, small pieces of furniture, that that that, that kind of thing. And they've they've traded very very strongly um, it, it, over the last year because. Lots of us have been spending a lot of time at home, and a lot of people have wanted to sort of, you know, do what they can to to primp their houses up a little bit. So um, they've actually seen very, very good, uh, good, good traction through their business. Um, now we've already alluded to the fact that obviously we, we've had an extraordinary eighteen months or so. Um, so, how have you found that the fund has coped uh, over that last eighteen months or so? And indeed, did two thousand and twenty give you the opportunity to add new names to the portfolio, or perhaps even remove names from the portfolio based on what you were saying earlier about some of the leisure sector stocks not currently paying a dividend, for example? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would have to say twenty twenty was a very, very difficult year for the market in general. And actually, particularly for income funds, and, and we, you know, we, we would say it was not at all um, a, a particularly good good year for us last year, performance-wise. We got hit by a few of the, the leisure names that we talked about, but what we've seen as we've gone into twenty twenty one is we've actually had a very very good recovery, both in absolute returns in the fund and also relatively. So you know, we underperformed the market last year. We're significantly outperforming this year as as things are recovering. So overall, we're, we're quite pleased with with where we are. In terms of the activity, we didn't really get a huge amount of um, opportunity to, to buy new companies last year. A lot of the cash flow that we had was directed towards supporting some of the companies that were finding themselves under a lot of pressure, but we felt were, were good long-term recovery plays. So we supported uh, new equity issues from, uh, for example, Restaurant Group. So we, we, we put money into uh, into that at both 58p and uh, 100p pence as well and they're trading now at about £1.20 having recovered quite a long way. Likewise we supported um, uh, an issue by WH Smith, they, they raised money at about £10 and they're trading at about 16 now so we were supporting those businesses that we felt had good, good recovery potential um, but just needed a bit of cash to get them through periods when they couldn't trade. Um, in terms of disposals, um, the, the, the company that we disposed of in entirety last year was um, Cineworld, which is another one of those leisure stocks that um, was hit very, very hard. The problem they had, because they've got a slightly unusual corporate structure, they couldn't really raise new equity to help them um, get, get over the, um, the, the lockdown period. And it's left them with a very weak balance sheet. I mean, the business will be recovering from a trading point of view, but they've got an absolute mountain of debt. So we felt actually we just wanted to move on from that one because they've still got a problem that they need to address uh, in, in terms of uh, in, in terms of that debt. The other thing that allowed it, allowed us to reshape the portfolio a little bit, um, and it's an important theme for the market at the moment, is there are a lot of takeovers in the market. Um, a lot of UK companies are finding themselves as bid targets, and that started towards the latter part of 2020 actually. So. We had um, a holding in McCarthy and Stone, the retirement house builder, um, approached and taken over, and also Signature Aviation, which um, runs air bases for private jets in the US, that got taken over as well. So that, that freed up a little bit of capital 
to put a few new, new names into the uh, in, into the portfolio. And just to give you an idea of the kind of things that we've been buying in the last sort of six to nine months, we bought a, a new position in National Grid, which we think is an interesting company going forward as maybe there's more electrification in the energy system. Uh, we also bought the uh, accounting software business Sage. I think there's a bit of recovery um, potential there. Um, the business was a little bit out of favour as people worried about their transition onto the, the, the cloud, which is a very sensible thing for them to be doing. But it meant that we could actually buy an interesting tech business that pays a decent dividend, which you don't often get a chance to do in an income fund. Uh, and then we've also bought a, a, another mining company, Anglo-American, and then Tate & Lyle, the food ingredients company. So we've been able to do a little bit of reshaping, but it, it was very difficult last year because the market was under such pressure and so volatile. So with that in mind, I mean, obviously you've described there some of your your uh, your positioning uh, over the last few months or so. What, what would you say the outlook is uh, from here, not just from a, a sustainability of dividends perspective, but also perhaps in terms of the broader UK market? Well, I think what we're seeing at the moment, I mean, an awful lot of companies have been reporting very recently. And the, the, the general trend across all those sets of results has been really, really very strong trading. Um, there's a, a, a lot of elements of pent-up demand. So a lot of people that, that maybe didn't spend money last year are, are out there to spend now, be it consumers or companies. Um, so it really has supported corporate results and they're very strong. That's allowing dividends to be restarted and, and, and shareholder returns to be made. So that's quite supportive really for, for, for the market overall. Um, and then, as I, I sort of said, there's, a, there's an awful lot of takeover activity at the moment a lot of which is coming from private equity companies bidding for UK companies. I, I suppose if, if we sort of wind back a little bit, the UK market found itself a little bit unloved, A, because the, um, the, the lockdown hit the UK market very hard. We have quite a lot of consumer and leisure type stocks. Uh, we also have a, things that, uh, a lot of companies that are reliant on physical activity, like the oil companies. Um, so you know, the, the UK market was hit hard. Also, in the wake of Brexit, I think a lot of global investors maybe just shied away from the UK market, and that left a bit of a vacuum, really, of, of not enough people being interested in the market. It meant that valuations languished a little bit. And then there's all that private equity money out there, and that's stepping in to fill the void now and buying a lot of these cheap cash flows um, off, off the UK market. So I think that's another support for the, uh, for, for the market as well. The, the only thing we have to be a little bit, bit, bit cognizant of is it does look like inflation risks are picking up a little bit. We talk to a lot of companies about what they're seeing. Um, a lot of people are talking to us about um, problem uh, availability of goods, um, commodity prices going up, a lot of problems getting, um, getting labour, um, particularly in the US. We're hearing lots of things about labour shortages and wages rising. And that could just put a bit of pressure on some areas of the market. If, if inflation ticks up, bond yields tick up and interest rates rise, it'll probably mean that some of the very highly uh, valued areas of the market probably come under a bit of pressure, not because the businesses will struggle, but just because actually the discount rate in the market will rise and, and valuations will have to come down a little bit. That would probably mean a little bit more uh, favour towards the, the more value end of the market, I suspect. It's interesting that you mentioned the US, obviously in terms of inflation, the Fed are continuing to insist that this is a, a transitory phase, uh, whereas as you say on the ground, there are clearly 
um, some um, supply chain shortages, let, let alone labour shortages, as you mentioned. So uh, it'll be very, very interesting to see over the next few months just exactly how that plays out. Yeah, not, none of us know how long transitory is, do we? I think I would argue once it starts getting into wage settlements, then it's a bit more than just transitory. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's fabulous. And uh, unfortunately, that's all we've uh, got time for. So many thanks again for your time, Richard, and for those valuable insights. That's Richard Marwood of the uh, Royal London UK Equity Income Fund. And thank you for listening. Please feel free to like and subscribe. And of course, you can find much more by the way of investment insight and ideas at ii.co.uk. I'll be back next Tuesday with another Richard Hunter interview. Bye for now.